Hey, 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 making money can be funny. Find out why on The Profit. It's showtime, folks. Wah! You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, After Buzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin. I hesitated doing that. I didn't know how loud it was going to be here in studio, but it worked out all right. Welcome, welcome, After Buzzers, to the Profit After Show uh, with uh, myself, Chris Howard. You can reach out to me during the show, after the show, anytime you want, at Chris Howard Live. I love this music. Yeah, reach out to me at Chris Howard Live on both Twitter and Instagram. Also go to, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to milk this because I want to hear the music longer. Also go to legendarylivingdaily.com. Uh, where you can get daily tips, inspiration, motivation, uh, and entrepreneurial tips specifically on a daily basis. That's at legendarylivingdaily.com. And go to legendarylivingtv.com for my YouTube channel where you get all sorts of fun videos and stuff. And what great music. This is like, uh, this takes me right back to Mexico. Mexico. Ay, 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 All right, let's do this, sucker. So... Today's episode of The Prophet uh, stood out. Last week, of course, we had the special. We went to uh, Cuba and followed Marcus Lamonis out to Cuba and found out uh, uh, what the Cuban uh, growing economy from an entrepreneurial uh, landscape is looking like these days. And that was, a, that was actually a really fun episode. Once again, we love the music out there in Cuba. Uh, and here we're going uh, a little bit closer uh, to the border and going to Mexico. Actually, we're staying here in the United States, but we're talking Mexican food here uh, this evening. Now, if you haven't watched the episode yet, as always, highly recommend that. And uh, a plug for uh, the, I don't think it's the Fertitta Brothers. It's uh, one of the Fertitta Brothers that's uh, got his new show coming up right after The Profit. It's a Billion Dollar Buyer. So that's another show on CNBC that you can check out. Uh, by all means, do it. I'm not able to watch it here myself because I'm doing this, but I'll, uh, I'll look forward to catching that soon, catching the premiere, uh, which of course uh, was tonight, unless you're watching this, not tonight. <laughs> All right. So tonight's episode was uh, a fun, another fun episode. It was a little different from our uh, usual episodes in that uh, it wasn't an application, a direct application that uh, caused the entrepreneur to come to the show. It was rather done through a referral. And the referral was a famous American comedian by the name of uh, George Lopez. I called him American. He's Mexican-American, uh, Hispanic-American. Uh, but George Lopez uh, had, he actually, he, was, he did shows right next door to uh, Adelo, is the name of the gentleman in this, Adelo's Restaurant. So he had an authentic Mexican restaurant. George Lopez would be uh, doing his com uh, comic uh, stand-up routines next door, and he'd come in for tacos and tamales and whatever uh, he felt like uh, at the time. And as a result, he fell in love with the Mexican cuisine over here. So, and of course, you may be wondering why my lovely uh, co-host, Carolina Casillas, is not here. So am I. I'll tell you what. She's going to be back next week, though. Uh, so in any case, George Lopez fell in love with this uh, Mexican restaurant. And he also f he fell in love with Adelo. It's not, not literally, but figuratively. Uh, he had a deep appreciation for Adelo, the owner of this restaurant. Now, Adelo's a special guy. He uh, came from uh, Mexico over to the United States. Uh, his sister brought him over to the United States. And he worked three jobs in order to save up the money to launch this restaurant called Los Armios, 
Los Amios, I hope I said that right. Uh, so he opened up, what is uh, Armios' brothers, I think? Uh, and if anybody in the uh, production cabin there knows different, let me know. But I think Los Armios sounds like brothers. Uh, and so he launched this restaurant with $40,000 that he saved up working three different jobs. Uh, and his sister put in $150,000 as well. His sister is the one who brought him over from Mexico. So very hard worker. This is one of the things that we notice right up front in this episode is that Adelo has certainly got an incredible work ethic. He's got a great attitude, always smiling. You know, when uh, Marcus had pointed out that when people come from uh it's not necessarily a rough background. It's not an inner city street story where he had to fight to survive. But in a sense, he was fighting to survive in the you know three different jobs. And that shows an incredible work ethic. And as Marcus aptly pointed out, that's the American dream incarnate. It's right there. Incarné, I should say. Incarné. Carne asada. Uh, but in any case, uh, he comes over, he works hard, and isn't it crazy that so many people will come from other countries and really apply themselves, where oftentimes we get a sense of entitlement in our own country, but that's why we get the uh, the breakthrough successes like Adelo in this episode. And so Adelo's really, he's made it to a certain extent. He's start, He started with his Mexican restaurant, uh, and then he launched into Tortillas, which, uh, you know, he was already making the tortillas in the restaurant. It was the thing that most people loved within the restaurant. So he said, I'm going to go into producing tortillas for stores, uh, which he started in 2006. Now, uh, a lot of times that can be a big mistake for a business branching off into one area, or it could be a great opportunity and it could be uh, really keen that he was noticing what the market was really wanting and he was able to go there. In this case, it sounds like it was pretty uh, keen. He was on the money. He brought, uh, he was able to roll out uh, to supermarket production uh, in 2006 and he got his revenue up to the $400,000 mark at their peak. Uh, in terms of tortilla sales, not so bad from the guy that came over and had to work three jobs and saved up $40,000 to launch the business. Uh, but what happened is what can happen at any time in any kind of business if there's no barrier to entry uh, and for the competitors. Uh, and there was no barrier, real barrier to entry for competitors, for competitive tortilla producers. And so you had uh, one of the larger tortilla companies that rolled out uh, Mission uh, Tortillas. And uh, they were able to undercut the prices uh, that uh, Adelo was able to offer to the local supermarket chains uh, because, of course, they've got a larger budget. They're a big company. Uh, and so that what they did at first was they rolled their tortillas out for free. Right, so uh, in roll- so it's a commodity. In rolling out the tortillas for free, they could undercut his prices, and he just couldn't compete with that. It uh, essentially, uh, one would think it could put him out of business. It didn't. Uh, luckily, he was able to retain uh, a surprising uh, amount of two hundred and twenty thousand dollars in annual uh, revenues that were still coming from the tortilla production. Uh, because it could have wiped him out completely. So it was a little surprising that he was able to even stay operating with something like that. And I think that's one thing that uh, business owners really need to be aware of. It's kind of like 
if we were to go out and buy a bunch of property when the market was in you know incredible and we could get or we could get great uh, for from a buying perspective great opportunities let's say the uh, loan rates are all down and where you go out and buy a bunch of property and then the market uh, crashes even more and we're not able to uh, make the payments for the mortgage payments with uh, rents or whatnot and so I've seen that happen over and over again where the the uh, the bubble in the market bursts people lose all their money uh, and they lose the properties as well they have to do short sales left and right and they're completely wiped out uh, Warren Buffett says that uh, you know the tide comes in the tide goes out but when the tide goes out you get to see who's been swimming naked so essentially what happened here was Adelo was swimming naked um, so he was swimming naked because he didn't have any deeper understanding of the threats that could occur to his business. And I get it. It's not uh, criticism. It's happened to me in my own business as well. I wasn't aware of uh, all the potential threats that could happen inside the business that, that, that would take me out. So I, too, was swimming naked at a time that, uh, you know, that gives me the right to talk about it. <laughs> and I'm sure Marcus has had plenty of experiences in that. Uh, but, uh, you know, we can't predict everything in our businesses. Um, we do our best to uh, make ourselves uh, bulletproof, and uh, there's never, ever a sure thing. Anything can happen. The market can change. Competitor can come in. We underestimate a competitor's uh, reaction to our presence in the marketplace. So many, so many different things could happen. Uh, and so the mission was really keen to get a bunch of market share. So they said, you know what? We're just going to give it away for free uh, as a lost leader uh, in order to create the relationships and establish the relationships. And, uh, of course, Adelo just wasn't capable of playing at that level. And hence the entry of uh, Marcus into the business to take a look at things. Now, uh, what was unique and unusual about this episode was that uh, Marcus uh, was not uh, real keen from the beginning. Marcus was kind of, you know what, let me just see uh, what I think about this business. And I think part of the reason was it was just a little small local food chain that Marcus didn't really get was really scalable up front. Now, that it's kind of interesting that he was viewing it in that way. And that was a stance he took up front because, uh, you know, we've seen before Marcus going into small uh, restaurants, and I, I think I said food chain earlier, but it wasn't a chain. It was a, a singular location. Uh, we've seen Marcus go into singular locations and roll them out to other locations. So um, it, it, kind of interesting that he took the stance that he did so firmly from the outset that, you know, I don't know if I'm really going to invest in this business or not. Uh, so he, he really took his time doing his uh, due diligence, as he always does, but it seemed he seemed to sit there and uh, ruminate there a little bit longer. Uh, and he, he uh, let Adelo know from the outset that the only reason he was there was because of the fact that George Lopez had contacted him, said, you got to do business with this guy. He's amazing. Um, from the perspective of you know, sometimes, sometimes like if you watch Shark Tank, if you're a, a fan of the Shark Tank show, by the way, I do that after show as well. I'm on the panel for that. So definitely check that out if you haven't seen the Shark Tank after show uh, that we do weekly. Uh, but there's this concept called uh, aqua vesting where you vest in the person themselves rather than investing in a uh, uh, just the business. And we see that that happens sometimes. Um, I would say that if this business wasn't investable, uh, Adela was investable. 
Uh, he he was a scrapper. Uh, is a scrapper. I'm talking like he's uh, passed away. <laughs> the episode's over. It's just beginning for him. Uh, but uh, he's a scrapper. He gets out there with that work ethic once again. He's willing to do what it takes. Somebody with that type of an attitude is worth taking the time from my perspective and also uh, obviously from Marcus's perspective uh, to really shape and mold because he's, uh, you know, he's going to go to the uh, he's going to go the distance for the team. He's a good uh, soldier. The question is, he he can be a good soldier, but is he going to be a good uh, manager of the business and a driver of the business? And I think that that was really Marcus's big question here. Because it's not just uh, the go-get-it attitude, the can-do attitude that ultimately is going to allow Adello to shape this business. It's going to be, it, does he have the ability to sell, to uh, market, to uh, step into a role that's really more of a, a CEO-type role of a corporation that has multiple, uh, you know, multiple uh, things that he has to drive uh, to make the business, in order to make the business really work, is he going to be able to really wear all those hats? Because uh, uh, energy and fire uh, really is the uh, the ticket to entry in entrepreneurialism. And then you also have to have the skills and the talents to uh, be a great entrepreneur. And, uh, you know, the, the truth of the matter is, is that with enough energy and drive, I think people can grow into those skill sets. So, uh, if they're, if they're really, really committed, there's, there's always going to be a way to learn what they need to learn, especially if they got a great guide. And this is, uh, this, what I really liked about this episode is that it brought, it brought, uh, a lot of the basic entrepreneurial skills close to home for the layperson Cause Marcus had to really go in and say, okay, let me show you how to do research. Let me show you how to think of your market research. Um, you know, I've always thought that when you're an entrepreneur, you're a coach. If you're not coaching, the business is dying. When you're an entrepreneur, you are a leader. If you're not leading, the business is dying. And you're a teacher. And if you're not teaching, the business is dying. Uh, so leading, teaching, coaching. And we got to see a, a lot of teaching on Marcus's part, which we see in all these episodes. He's coaching people. He's leading. He's mentoring them. He's guiding them. He's teaching them. And I think that uh, we got a lot uh, of the, hey, let's sit down and let me really explain to you what research is. Let's let's take it really nice and slow. So he slowed things down a bit for Adello. It's not saying that Adello's slow. Adello's uh, sharp. He's switched on. Uh, he switched on from, uh, you know, it's, we go back to what, uh, I think it was Thomas Watson from IBM who said, if you're not fired with enthusiasm, you'll be fired with enthusiasm. Uh, and, uh, you know, he's, Adelo's clearly fired with enthusiasm. He's got that, right? He's got that drive. Uh, the next question becomes the question of the capacity to, uh, to hold the, the fort of running this business. So, uh, I like to see that uh, Marcus was able to uh, really uh, uh, bring things back to basics and get to really what are the basics of making uh, a business work. And one of the reasons why we had to go back so far to basics was because what Marcus found in his due diligence, always looking at people, products, process, um, what he found was this restaurant was, uh, you know, I, I want to say patched together. Um, 
the uh, the restaurant actually was beautiful. So I mean, we think of the Mexican uh, street uh, cafes that we see, or the uh, the food carts and stuff, where we get real authentic Mexican food. If you ever go down to Ensenada. Or, uh, we get a little place down in Rosarita, and you go down there, and you get real authentic Mexican food. It's it's amazing, uh, and part of the magic that Adelo had uh, that was really clear and made clear in this episode was that he captured the authentic uh, nature of the of the Mexican food, uh, and he was able to actually even keep it in the tortilla production as well. Uh, but when Marcus goes behind you know behind the scenes and starts looking in the restaurant, it you know, you, he could, you could, he could, there could be a direct relationship to those little street corner cafes and the little street uh, uh, stands because that's uh, kind of like what it looked like behind the scenes, even in the production facility for the t- tortillas that they were doing on a on a greater level. So the machinery uh, was not compliant with safety uh, standards. Uh, <laughs> it was kind of funny, quite frankly. I mean, not really funny, but Adelo's. I, I laugh. But Adelo's reaction when he's like, yeah, it's not so illegal. <laughs> I was like, not so illegal. Okay. Uh, uh, the, so he had, a, and, he was, and he said that this piece of machinery was his secret that made the tortilla so good, but it wasn't something that would be compliant with U.S. standards. It was from Mexico, this machine. And that was the secret ingredient. Uh, uh, so it was kind of uh, funny that uh, he had this laissez-faire attitude, like uh, just kind of let it be. Uh, which really works from him in terms of being able to keep his attitude and his spirit high. Uh, but on the other side, there's this cutting corners type attitude that was really kind of becoming prevalent that uh, Marcus was like, huh, I'm not so sure about that. We get to clean that up uh, through a process of teaching, coaching, leading, guiding, mentoring, uh, as I mentioned before. Um, so because sometimes those things can be deal breakers. You look at that and you go, boy, that's if, if it's resulting in serious infractions of things that are going to ultimately take the business down, it's a deal breaker. But here, uh, luckily, it wasn't a deal breaker throughout the episode. Uh, I think his uh, strengths, we found Adelo's strengths over, uh, you know, overcompensated for whatever weaknesses he might have in that lazy, fair attitude. And he was willing to learn. Uh, you know, we see so many of these entrepreneurs as they're launching their businesses that just have a complete inability to take feedback. And I think that that is uh, the killer uh, for entrepreneurs launching these businesses. You've got to have the ability to take feedback. We all do. The You know, the moment we stop taking feedback is the moment we start uh, dying. By the way, if you don't have our uh, iTunes, if you don't uh, download the podcast, by all means, do that of this show. Uh, rate it five stars, get the, you know, get the intravenous drip feed of the iTunes podcast. Uh, also, feel free to leave messages here on the, uh, if you're watching us on the YouTube channel right now, uh, let me know what you think of the episode. Let me know any thoughts that you have, any insights. If you think I'm completely wrong about things, put those out there. Uh, if you, uh, you know, if you like the show, let us know. If you don't like the show, let us know. Uh, and and communicate. We'll, we'll keep it uh, interactive here at After Buzz. Uh, so, where were we? We were talking a little bit about uh, what Marcus... Okay, so what he had to really bring home for Adelo was the idea of the, the lack of the profitability of the current business. Um, Adelo already knew that, but the idea of the lack of scalability, and it's not so much that it couldn't be scaled, 
but it wouldn't be worth being scaled, I think was the real uh, point that Marcus was looking to drive home. So when all was said and done, when he looked at the tortilla production facility, they found that they were only capable of producing about 1,200 bags of tortillas a day, which they could sell for $2, which meant they were tapped out at $2,400 a day uh, in terms of what could actually even be made in terms of the tortilla production. Now, we sh- that's this learning uh, or this lesson that I really felt that Marcus did a really good job of driving home for Adelo. We get to learn uh, in the process of Adelo's learning. Uh, and luckily, we get to watch, right? We get to be the spectators and, and still get the lesson. Uh, but, but he really wanted to drive that lesson home because, uh, you know, for somebody who's a small, small business owner uh, that wants to play with somebody that's an investor that's looking for growth inside the business. Oftentimes, small, very small business owners and, you know, let's call it a million dollars under, they, there's not the same comprehension of the desire to expand uh, and the need to expand that would warrant investment funds because then they would be well used and they could pay a return. There's this need for expansion, but the smaller business owner is just thinking within their little bubble. And they think, boy, it's a great business uh, and you'd want to be a part of it because everybody loves our tortillas. All right. That's, it's not enough that everybody loves the tortillas. It's great. It's a good thing. Uh, but there needs to be that uh, profit potential for the investor to see a return on their investment. They have to, uh, there's opportunity cost for them. They could put their money someplace else. And so what Marcus really drove home is this, you're only making $2,400 a day max, maxed out. And then he calculated all the expenses as he often does, uh, as he always does. And they compared and they saw that maximum, what that business was taking home at the end of the day in terms of net profit was $196 a day prior to being tapped out by the, uh, by the inability of the infrastructure to, to provide any more than that. Um, if they were pumping out tortillas as fast as they could every single day, the, and everything was going perfect, the most that they could put in their pockets at the end of the day was $196, which wasn't going to satisfy Marcus, which wouldn't satisfy any investor, uh, and which shouldn't satisfy uh, Adelo, right? Uh, it shouldn't, uh, you know. Um, but if Adelo really wants to grow the business, it can't satisfy him that only 196 could be remaining at the end of the day. The question is then, how do you grow that business? And so Marcus went to, uh, goes to school on all the numbers and really taking a look at it. And what he comes up with is that it's going to cost about $500,000. If Marcus was to come in, cost 500 grand to put into the business uh, to uh, grow the infrastructure. Uh, and I think that maybe this is the part that uh, we didn't see. Uh, we obviously didn't see the deliberations that were going on behind the scenes in regards to what it would cost. Marcus said he did it with his team, which was interesting to see uh, and hear him talk about that. Um, but how they came up with the $500,000 number. And if they were to put $500,000 in, which they didn't, but if they were, how they would spend that and how they were thinking of growing the business. Um, so he said it would cost $500,000 and it looked like there, the episode was over before it began. Uh, you had Adelo saying, Marcus, it shouldn't cost that much. You could do it for more than that. And he's like, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. He said, but I've got another idea. 
And so uh, Marcus uh, Adelo asked him, what's your next idea? Marcus said, hold on, I'll bring him in. And he goes out and he brings George Lopez in, of course, the uh, original referral source for the episode. And uh, this is where, uh, this was actually a really uh, bright move. I liked the move. It was neat to see how they took the strength of the business. And so when we look at it, what's the strength of the business? Well, there's a restaurant. You've got Adelo, who's great at Mexican food. So there's two strengths. He creates authentic Mexican food. We've got a restaurant that people love. And here's the third strength. And they've got tortillas that people really love for strength. Uh, they've already got uh, some sort of market penetration, and they've kicked it up to four hundred thousand. They're at two hundred, uh, you know, two hundred and twenty thousand currently. Why? Because the competition came in and pushed them out. They were they're a relatively unknown uh, brand. The larger brand was able to come in and and wipe them out without uh, without any real effort. Uh, so, but they had those strengths going for them, the quality of the food, the authenticity, Adelo's ability to do that. Um, the tortillas had already been shown to sell, uh, and Marcus put two and two together. And he said, you know what, what would happen if we took George Lopez's brand, uh, who's known as a Hispanic comic, uh, and who's got a very well-known brand. In fact, I think I have a friend that was working with George for a while too. Um, George, if you're watching, uh, my friend, uh, Lee Aronson, if you, uh, who was one of the co-producers of two and a half men and big bang theory, um, and co-creators, he, I think he said that he was working with you on a project for a little while. And I think it may have fallen out, but, um, the, uh, nonetheless, George Lopez, well-known, um, in the, in the, as, as in the comic community in general, but he's got that, uh, the Hispanic flair because of course it's his home, home place. So he's very well known. He's got a well known brand and that's a, uh, what, uh, Buffett might call a durable competitive advantage or a sustainable competitive advantage. Uh, as long as he's able to keep that brand real well known, right? It gives him something that makes him different. It's his unique selling proposition is the brand itself. And Marcus says, what he thinks, what if we take what's really effective here, which is the tortillas that we're selling 400, and we marry it with a brand that can give us penetration into that marketplace. So we bring the tortillas in, we bring the brand in together and we uh, rather that we close down the production of the tortillas because it's no good, uh, but we create a, a Mexican food business uh, with the brand, a branded uh, Mexican food business uh, with some staple items that we put into the supermarkets and then we grow it. Uh, so this is it becomes really a startup in effect. Um, although we are riding on the coattails of the tortillas already having worked and had some penetration, but uh, really they're, they're starting over again. And so what Mar Marcus proposes at that point is a business that's structured a third, a third, and a third, with each of them owning a third, Marcus a third, Adelo a third, and George Lopez a third. Uh, he also offers to put in $150,000 uh, it was with 50,000 going to pay off employees, uh, to buy, essentially buy them out for a little while so that they're not 
thrown out to the street immediately. Uh, and then 100000 and it, it was, which was a good thing anyway, because some of the employees hadn't been paid for a little while. Uh, we forgot to mention that. Uh, and so we have 100000 left that can be used for operating expenses at that point. Now, the only issue uh, that our Manadello had was that he owed his sister still 150000 uh, and so we had a scene here where uh, uh, Marcus says, well, then sell all that machinery and pay your sister back the 150000 Adelo doesn't speak up at the time. And, uh, what, and what did he need to speak up about was that he had already got an eviction notice from the landlord, and he had made a deal to give the machinery to the landlord as part of, in order to free him from his debt to the landlord, but he doesn't tell Marcus when Marcus says, sell that machinery off to, to repay your sister. It comes up later in the episode and Marcus calls him on and he's like, you lied to me. You didn't tell me the truth about the machinery. And they had a little debate going back and forth. Uh, Adelo said, you know, that wasn't my intention. I didn't mean to lie to you in any way I had, you know, I, I think essentially like what, from an outside perspective and I wasn't there, but, but from an outside perspective, what it really looked like to me more than anything was Adelo just uh, didn't have the the strength of, and it's not strength of character. He's a good, he's got a good character, but the uh, the strength to stand up and say, "Wait a second, Marcus," uh, and the, and also the realization that how critical it is to know the truth, to be so that everybody's on the same page, um, because those little teeny things uh, can be the things that take you down. Um, that's one of the things, uh, one of Phil Fisher's 15 points for evaluating a common stock is to ensure that the management uh, tells you when things go wrong, uh, that they don't clam up when things go wrong and then stay open uh, when things go right, because it's not the right things that'll take the business down, it's the things that are going wrong that'll take the business down. And this is an example of him not speaking up about something that, you know, $150,000 debt is a is a big debt of that company. Uh, and if he didn't speak up about it, uh, that would be a problem. Now, I don't know if they put the, if they listed the debt on the, on the, uh, corporate, uh, uh, balance sheet or not, I, I would assume so because otherwise they wouldn't be selling off the corporate assets to repay the debt. Um, but, uh, the, he wasn't able to pay back that debt. And so I think that it really was just the strength of character being able to stand up and say, Hey, you know, this is the reality is that I can't do that that way. And he was probably hoping for the deal and stuff. So Marcus really took him to uh, school later on and uh, said, Hey, you gotta, you gotta speak up. Um, I don't think he was lying. It's just, he didn't, he didn't uh, stand up for that, but it's an important thing to know uh, is that everybody uh, be on the same page. If we're looking to uh, rock and roll and do business effectively. So uh, what do we have next at that point? So we split the business up three ways. Uh, and then we have uh, the 50000 going to the employees. We got 100000 in operating expenses. And immediately, Marcus looks to outsource a couple of things. So he takes, uh, he, and essentially what's going to happen with George Lopez is George Lopez is a brand. So he doesn't have the time to, do, to run the business, be inside the business, anything like that. Essentially, what happens is the, the business gets his name, his likeness, uh, the use of those in exchange for a royalty and a fee that gets paid back to George Lopez. The business gets the advantage of having a unique selling proposition that allows them to penetrate the market uh, with a knowable face. Uh, and so George gets to be the brand. Adelo really has to carry this business on his own. And uh, and that can be a lot easier, made simpler, if he's not doing everything. 
So they look to outsource things. They go to a place called La Fortuna, I believe it is. Uh, it's a uh, tortilla manufacturer, where it's one of the largest tortilla manufacturers in the business. I'll find it someplace in there. La Fortaleza. I'm sorry, I apologize. La Fortaleza. Um, so they go to La Fortaleza to see, uh, can we uh, have them produce the tortillas, actually make the product? Uh, actually, first, I, and I did miss this, what they had to do was identify the right types of products. And Marcus had to school uh, our man, uh, Adelo a little bit in terms of how to know what products will actually sell in relationship to what people are actually buying. Uh, and that, that was such a big lesson. I'll just I'll, I'll just mention this a little bit because uh, Adelo was talking about wanting to do tamales, which I love. I absolutely love tamales. I would probably buy them. Uh, but uh, what Marcus really needed to drive home was, you know, you want to go where people are buying, not where you uh, think that you can sell them something. And so he had he took him over to Gelson's Market and he had Adelo go in and find the tamales and find the uh, pan. Uh, what is it? Pan dulce? Dulce? Dulce is sweet, right? So pan, pan dulce. Uh, what do they call that? Uh, I will find it. The pan dulce. Uh, and the uh, mole, which I don't even know what mole is. Uh, but, but he says, I want you to find those three products that you had suggested to me be the ones that we put George's brand on. Couldn't find them in the store. They weren't in the store. Uh, and so Adelo thinks that's a good market because they're not there. Uh, in reality, uh, you want to find out what people are actually buying, what there's a, a demand for. Uh, preferably even a pent-up demand, uh, but what there's is demand for. So then they walk through and they look at the foods and there's chips. Tortilla chips are all over the place. There's salsa. There's tortillas. Uh, so those staple items that can that don't just serve uh, the Hispanic community uh, and become such a small niche that we wouldn't see them in supermarkets, but rather that uh, ev- that can serve everybody that would come into that store, yet still bring the authenticity that is the differentiator that Adelo uh, has. Uh, and so they decide on uh, some staple products that they're going to create first and foremost, tortilla chips, uh, salsa, both green and red, uh, corn uh, tortillas, as well as flour tortillas, which is a great place to enter the market as people uh, want it uh, badly. And uh, so they've, once they've identified that, and that's such a big marketing lesson uh, that you don't want to try to sell people the things that they sell people things that they don't want, need or aren't looking for, you want to uh, find a pool of hungry fish and then drop your fishing line into it, or uh, rip up your tortillas and drop them into the pool of hungry fish. So once they've identified those products, um, then they go over and they look at La Fortaleza, which can produce tortillas uh, in mass. So here we can get mass production, unlike what we could get with a maximum of uh, 1,200 bags a day, over at Adelo's uh, production house. So Fortaleza can do it uh, in mass and they can produce it at seven cents a dozen rather than 50 cents a dozen, which Adelo was paying before. Uh, now, uh, is there any loss in quality or anything like that? No, there was a little bit of a debate that went on where Adelo didn't believe that the corn should be put in the tortillas. Uh, and he believed that it took down their shelf life. Uh, the gentleman from La Fortaleza uh, said that that wasn't actually so. And, you know, it was, there's, there's two sides to this. You can say, Hey, it's good that, uh, Adelo is speaking up. Uh, but he was also at the same time challenging these guys and saying, no, I don't buy that. Uh, and it's not the great way to go into a new relationship. Uh, so, uh, it was a good thing. Another teaching opportunity for Marcus to say, Hey, 
this isn't going to work if you're uh, insulting these guys right in their own uh, factory because we want them to take this over. If they can't take it over, we don't have the large production that we need. Uh, so there was, once again, a lot of layman teaching, bringing things back to basics here. Uh, we also had, after going to La Fortaleza, they went over to some place that could produce the salsa. I believe it's called Maglio or Maglio. Uh, for the salsa, they, uh, they checked that off. And then they began to look at the packaging. Um, I was a little bit surprised with the packaging because we had um, uh, George had he had put George's face on the packaging, which I expected to see. Um, I was I was surprised that Adello's face was on there as well. Um, I think that's great for Adello. I think it's a great play that he got his face right next to George. I only expected to see George on there because he's the brand. Nobody knows Adello, uh, but essentially uh, George is allowing him to ride on his to- coattails and saying, "Hey, uh, it's really almost it's a co-brand rather than." Uh, just taking advantage of the brand of George, which I had really, really expected. So surprising. I'm surprised that Marcus didn't say anything about that. Um, but I also, I'm happy for Adello that he got his face on there too. Um, the brand name that he put on the design for the logo was Taloco, um, which that that's crazy, um, which George loved. He loved, he took it from George's comedy show. So there's, uh, which is great because it becomes a phrase anchor. Uh, so when somebody thinks of the comedy show, uh, they think of Taloco, they think of the tortillas. When they think of the tortillas, they think of the show. Brilliant uh, tie-in. Really, really nice tie-in. I was just surprised about the two faces. Uh, and so they, they were happy with the design. They bring George in to taste the uh, food. He loves it. Um, once again, one of Adelo's strengths, uh, utilizing that. And uh, to wrap the episode, I'm going to wrap here just in a second because we're at the top of the hour. But to wrap the episode, uh, Marcus sets up a meeting with Sam's Club. So now they've got the they've got their core product. They've got George's brand on there. We have every reason to believe that it should do well amongst the other chips because it's going to stand out. It's got the celebrity appeal. It's got a good, unique selling prep, uh, proposition. Uh, and uh, so Marcus brings them over to Sam's. They've got the value of Marcus able to pick up the phone and call Sam's and get them right in. Right. Uh, now that is to say he can bring them in. They still have to get it done. And this was great that Marcus had pointed out that what he really needed to happen here was he needed Adelo to step up and Adelo was getting the opportunity to pitch Sam's on uh, their product. Uh, <clears throat> and he needed this because he couldn't be the salesperson. He couldn't be going into different uh, outlets or distributors uh, pitching them himself. Marcus couldn't. So he needed Adelo. And this is what we talked about before. Adelo had the fire. He had the great attitude. But is does he have the capacity to fit into the roles that he's going to need to fit into uh, in order to make this uh, all fire on all cylinders, which is going to be selling and marketing the product and establishing and building those relationships uh, and working with the, uh, you know, the various uh, people who are going to be the outsourced producers uh, that are able to produce things at a fraction of the cost that he would be able to produce and in mass. Uh, so this was really uh, Adelo's test was in pitching to Sam's. Um, it was interesting to watch him start his pitch. He started with his story, which is uh, which is uh, good. Uh, and I, you know, the only the only if I was to give any positive, uh, you know, uh, feedback uh, for Adelo there, is he didn't need to go into saying uh, that he didn't have what it takes and he was starting over again. He really didn't need to do that. Um, he probably uh, could have just, and this is 
Adelo, if you're watching, your presentation was 99.9% perfect. This is just a little bit. I almost shouldn't even say it, but they would take it up even higher. But um, the... Uh, the, you didn't need to say that it was uh, you. You you know you were you were doing it wrong or you didn't have that capacity. All you needed to do was talk about the strengths of each player. Here I was. I had this restaurant. It was working fantastic, firing on all cylinders. Um, I, I got into the tortilla production business. We could only go so far. Uh, Four hundred thousand dollars in uh, you know through the various distributors. And so what we decided was to bring on the right partners who can take us out even greater. Uh, so we brought on George Lopez, a brilliant brand known in the Hispanic community, sure to stand out amongst the tortilla chips. Brought in Marcus Limonis uh, with his contacts, with his business knowledge so you've got a winning team uh, with all three of us here uh, taste the food it's incredible and uh, sure enough uh, well you know I'll, I will say uh, George Lopez picked up on it he was able to turn it uh, into uh, turn it into something funny where uh, Adelo had stumbled just a little bit uh, but to Adelo's credit his attitude is uh, contagious his enthusiasm is contagious uh, and in tasting the food they all loved it Luckily, there's nothing in the food that's contagious. I'm just kidding. Uh, and Sam's gave them their first order in L.A. And to your credit, Adelo, you asked for the order. That is brilliant because so many salespeople will go in there and pitch but not really ask for the order. And he's like, so do we have an order? And that was, uh, you know, and we've even seen that on The Profit before where Marcus will go in with entrepreneurs and they don't really ask for the order, and it's not, you know, the entrepreneur doesn't close the deal. Adela closed the deal, which was awesome. I love that, uh, and very much to your credit, sir. Um, with that, hope you enjoyed our show here and our recap of The Profit. If you haven't watched it yet, by all means do so. Also check out Billion Dollar Buyer. I want to check that out. I'd love to, uh, love to do that show here at AfterBuzz as well. Uh, so uh, reach out to us, say hello, reach out to me at Chris Howard Live. Uh, on Twitter as well as Instagram. Remember to go to legendarylivingdaily.com for daily tips, inspiration, motivation, entrepreneurial tips. That's at legendarylivingdaily.com. Go over there right now, download that, and you can get that on a daily basis. And with that, we will see you next week, same time, same bat channel. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 